Hey guys, welcome to Sports Spectrum. I'm excited about today's conversation with Jim Nill. He is the Dallas Stars general manager in the NHL. He's also a former NHL player, played for a long time with the Blues, the Canucks, the Bruins, the Jets, the Red Wings. He was in college at the University of Calgary and then got a chance to represent his country in Canada at the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid. And we definitely talked about the USA miracle and just that experience that he had at the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York, back in 1980. He's since moved on and was hired as the general manager of the Dallas Stars in April of 2013. But his story of faith is really what got me going. What got my juices flowing was hearing that this guy, it wasn't until his 40s, until he finally surrendered and said, yes, I'm all in with Jesus. God has been patient with Jim Nill, and man, does he have a story to tell now here as he's in his 60s and doing great things with the Dallas Stars as a general manager. He was the general manager of the year in the NHL last season, 2022-2023, when Dallas posted 47 wins, 108 points, had a great season. Jim Nill is our guest today on Sports Spectrum. It's coming up in just a moment. First, I want to remind you about our Sports Spectrum magazine. You can go to sportsspectrum.com right now and subscribe. It's the best thing that we do, in my opinion, because it's a quarterly magazine. We put a ton of work into making this magazine the best magazine out there. It's faith-filled, obviously. There's the Gospels all throughout the magazine. It's family-friendly, and it's clean content. So it's a magazine you can get, and if you got it sitting around the house and the kids want to check it out, you don't have to worry that they're going to look at something or read something or hear something, even if they're part of the Sports Spectrum brand, that they don't need to be hearing. And you want to encourage them, right, if they're sports fans, to to love sports. Well, how about hearing some of these faith-filled stories, like the one you're going to hear today with Jim Nill, the Dallas Stars general manager. You can subscribe today over at sportspectrum.com. When you check out, you get a one-year subscription. Put the code PODCAST15 in that Check out in that code area, podcast 15, podcast 15, and save 15% off a one-year subscription to the Sports Spectrum magazine. Subscribe today over at sportsspectrum.com. Well, it's great to have Jim Neal here on Sports Spectrum, Dallas Stars general manager. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Jason, great, and uh, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It's good to talk to you. We've been connected a long time, I feel like, through email and of different places, but this is the first time we've been able to get you on the show, so I'm excited to talk with you. Um, I think the best place to start is where we want to always start, I think, with our show, and that's with, with Jesus. Tell me about the Lord in your life and the importance of faith and the importance of Christ. Well, it's become the center of my life, I guess. You know, and I'm a, I'm a, probably a great story for a lot of older people. <laughs> sure. I was a, I, I always believed in 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 the Lord. Uh, you know, I grew up in up in Canada on a small in a small farm town, and uh, we went to church. But growing up, I I'd rather be outside playing hockey uh, or out snowmobiling or doing something outside type of thing. You know grew up in a small farm town my parents would take me but you know, I'd go to Sunday school but I really didn't understand it was, it was going to church is what it was uh the yeah. Bible was about as foreign as a document as it 
ever could be. I, uh, you know, I got some great stories we can maybe share later, you know, of, you know, people introducing the Bible to me or asking me to go to some scripture, or do something. It was foreign to me. I didn't understand a thing. So I'm a, I'm a great example of the Lord does have patience and he is persevere. He perseveres. He doesn't let you go. And uh, so there's hope for us all. And uh, I, I was very fortunate to marry a great lady, uh, my best friend, my wife, and she's the one strong. She's the one that got me. She prayed for me for years, 20 years. She prayed for me to uh, get to know the Lord. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, so she, she didn't give up. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and, that's good. Uh, no, it's good. It's all good. And, uh, and, and through my kids, my kids, really got to know the Lord before I did. And uh, through their journey, you know, growing up and going to school, I started to, they had something that I wanted. And uh, so, like I said, I, I I I got to know the Lord around 43, 45 years of age and uh, and been surrounded by great people. It's amazing how the Lord just surrounded me with people. He, he didn't give up on me. He uh, There was times I said, I'm not going to do this. And I'd get knocked at you know, three in the morning. <laughs> It'd be a tap on the head, say, nope, you're getting up. And you're going to go to this Bible study and go from there type of thing. So been very fortunate. People around me and the Lord, he didn't give up, not, didn't give up on me as he, know he, did, uh, as he always is. And uh, here we are today. Yeah, that's a great story. I'm 27, I think, when I started my walk with the Lord. I'm now 50 years old, so it's been a while. But for you, what was the moment? Like, there's usually, you know, it's 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 almost like the odds are stacked against you in many ways. That you, if you read all of the the polls and the the numbers that are out there, by the time you're in your 40s, you're usually kind of set in your ways. Most people, with or without God. And something happened with you, but there's a moment. There has to be a moment somewhere where you were, you just decide, you know what? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I, I had I had two or three of those. It's funny, and, and they're all climatic. They're all they all you all hit me hard and stuff. And and like I always believed in I always believed in God. I always knew there was something there, but I didn't understand it. I just didn't uh, I didn't grab. You know, like I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know Scripture. I didn't understand any of that. It was all foreign to me. And and being a guy, being a competitive guy, being stubborn, you're never going to admit that. You know, you're always going <laughs> to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know it. But, you know, I'd sit in a group with a bunch of people and they'd open up the Bible and I'd just, I'd clam right up. But a couple of the defining moments, first of all, my wife, a big part of it. But I, a big moment was I'm with Hockey Ministries International. Yeah. And uh, I got invited. I was in playing for Winnipeg Jets. I got invited to uh, Karen Port Saskatchewan where they, they have one of their hockey mysteries, what they do, they hold hockey schools and it's faith-based and uh, we use our gifts of, of hockey to uh, introduce the Lord to them. And I went to that camp and uh, Don Lesmere is the head of hockey ministries and we were staying in Moose Jaw. Cairnport's about a half hour drive outside of uh, Moose Jaw and we're, we'd had to drive back and forth and I always got in the car with Donnie and I think he knew what he was doing. And so I go with Dougie Smith and Lori Bosch who are uh, great men, men of faith. And uh, they invite me to come to this camp. I'm good friends with them. And we go to the camp. I think I'm going there to a hockey school. And I am. <laughs> but the Lord's working on me too. And uh, so so go to this this HMI camp. And, you know, after our uh, on-ice sessions, we'd always have a little bit of a Bible study after. Well, I'd go into those Bible studies and surrounded by all these men of strong faith and they'd start reading the scripture and going through the bible i'd have my bible and they'd see they'd say go to philippians and i'm like where the heck is philippians by the time i got to where they're at they've gone on to the next scripture and i'm just i'm just sweating buckets <laughs> so the lord was starting to work on me i was so uncomfortable 
and on the drive, I still remember this, the drive from uh, Karenport back to Moose Jaw with Donnie Lesmer. Donnie's pretty direct. He's good that way. We got a good friendship. He's pretty direct. And we'd be, I'd be driving and he'd be saying, Jim, what do you think is a time? And I said, what do you mean, Donnie, is a time to accept the Lord? Well, my my knuckles would grab that steering wheel. I was holding on to it like, Donnie, don't do this to me. I'm not ready for it. So we did this drive for a week. And uh, I remember going back home to Winnipeg, seeing my wife. She said, well, how was it? He said, you know what? Something tugged at my heart. I felt something. It was great to see these kids, to see them, you know, on the ice sharing, you know, we... We'd have our Bible studies, you know, afterwards with the kids, and they'd share their stories. You'd hear, you'd hear some great stories. You'd hear some sad stories. As around these great men of faith, um, as with Donnie doing these drives, and he's pressuring me all the time. But the Lord tugged at my heart, and I said, Becky, it, it, it was great. There's something about it. I don't know what it is, but there's something about it. Wow. So, bing, bang, boom, move forward. Uh you know, I'm watching my my kids really, my wife did a great job with our kids. You know, we went to Christian schools and stuff, and uh, I could see they had something. And fast forward, we ended up moving to Detroit, and uh, we put them in a, in a Christian school and great people, surrounded by great people. And my my wife's walking, she's, she's a great lady of faith, just walking the right steps, and I'm seeing her. And of course, I'm consumed by my business. I'm in the hockey business now, and I'm assistant GM, and I get no, t- you know, uh, it seems like you never have time. And uh, I was believing in it. I was watching it. And then I got connected with, I uh, uh, got into a Bible study and uh, got asked to come to this Bible study with a bunch of men. And I remember I get, it was in the summertime. I got asked to go to it. We're talking about having this Bible study. It's going to start up in September, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there saying, well, September, I got training camp. I'm not going to be able to go to this. I got an out. <laughs> Here's my out. out. And so, so I come home and I walk in the uh, door and my kids and my wife are all standing and they, they're almost like cheerleaders. How was it? How was it, dad? And I looked at him and I almost, I almost broke down. I said, I said to myself, I can't let them down. Like they, here they are, they're supporting me. And I've already got a note. I'm going to training camp. So I don't have to go to this Bible study. So I sat there and I said, I looked at them and said, it was great. And they said, are you going to do it? And I I wanted to say no. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Now, the big part of the story is our training camp's up in Traverse City, Michigan, which is about a three-hour drive from where I've lived in Detroit and doing this Bible study and training camp. So we're up up in Traverse City for training camp. And once again, I got a chance. I got to know it's a three-hour drive. I can't get up this early. I got to be back for camp. And I remember that night for the first, the first study was on like a Tuesday and I'm laying in bed and set my alarm and I can't do this. I got to get up at three in the morning to go to this Bible study, drive down to Detroit. And then I got to get back to camp in time starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm crazy. I'm not doing this. And I laid in bed and said, I got to do it. I, I made a commitment. I made a commitment. So, so here I got up at three in the morning, drove from Traverse City down to uh, Detroit to be with a group of men, be in this Bible study. And this Bible study, it changed my life. We were got in a group, it was approximately eight guys, kind of eight, nine, ten guys. Uh, the pastor was in it to start with us from our church and uh, kind of led it until we got going. These men changed my life, all different walks of life. Uh, we had guys that were in uh, government capacities, politics. We had uh, lawyers. Uh, we had, you name it, a guy from McDonald's, all different walks of life, a guy that had been in jail. It Completely, we peeled the banana back. 
we peeled our lives back. We uh, we started this Bible study. We ended up growing it. We all one day we said, we, you know, we're we're so good together. We said, you know, the Lord, you can't. We got to break off here. We we got to share this. So we we arranged this big thing at this guy's house. We had parking. We had so many people come to it. Other men come to it. We had to arrange parking uh, at the, on the guy's lawn and stuff. And we're directed traffic. And it was an amazing experience. And uh, being with these men changed our lives changed our family lives you know we all had stuff going on everybody's got stuff and we were and we weren't perfect and uh but we peeled the banana back and uh it, it was life-changing and that's the moment where real kind of a the addition of all these things that hit in and boom away it went wow it. well there's something about you know you call it peeling the banana but there's something about getting deep below the surface you know somebody once said to me how you doing and then they say how you really doing and that's the peeling of the right. banana something happens though right it's it, we become first of all we we become vulnerable but i think we see yes. that there's other people struggling with the same things we're struggling with and let's all struggle together that's that's unity in the body of christ Christ. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And it's, uh, and we peeled it back. We, uh, we made everybody accountable, you know, humility. We know how, what pride does to us. We, you know, here I was, I was the assistant GM of Detroit Red Wings coming into this group and <laughs> I'm a humble guy, but still I'm pretty yeah. proud guy. Sure, da, da, da. Well, they, they, they put me down. I still remember we, one time we, we asked everybody for the kind of our homework assignment was to write our obituary. So I sit there saying, well, how do you write your obituary? So I start writing it and, and being in, this is where my pride come in play. You know, here's what I did in sports, blah, 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 blah. So boom, we go to that next next week to our Bible study. And I start listening to everybody's obituaries. And it wasn't about what they did. It was about what they did for God and stuff. And I said, and I said, you bonehead, <laughs> you flunked this. <laughs> and, and, and it was, so, but it was so good. It was like, it's not about what what we've done personally is what what do we what's the lord doing to us how are we affecting other people's lives and to hear these obituaries and these guys talking i said yep okay i got it now i figured it out it's not it's not about me it's about the lord and it and it was just those type of examples we went through and it was amazing it even brought our wives together our wives started having studies with the other wives they started sharing stories of you know about our lives and our families and kids and uh, it was just an amazing journey and stuff just an amazing journey now all of that's taking place if i'm doing my math correctly and i do want to go back backwards a little bit and talk about hockey a little bit, your journey of playing hockey, but that's intersecting with the time when you come to Dallas, right? Like I think it was 2013 when you were hired as their GM. Yeah. This is, this is just before, Yeah, this is just before this happened uh, kind of the 10 years before. And, so when you get to uh, Dallas or even the role you were in with Detroit before that, how did it change as you approached your work with this, faith because i know that that happened for me and it was a gradual process yes. being at espn and suddenly this faith thing starts to grow and you're like all right how do i not make espn the god of my life which i did for so many years how did your job change as you started to grow in your walk with god that that's that's a great great question and a great great conversation how i end up in dallas and this is the whole reason why but so my wife she's uh she's had health issues for a long time she's she's a cancer survivor and still dealing with it and stuff an amazing lady just to see how she's affected people's lives it's not a, even though what she's going through it's not about her how can i help somebody else amazing. it's amazing to watch yeah so anyway, yeah. she's going to uh she's going to a church actually with 
uh, one of the uh, Lisa Illich, who's with the Illich family. She's a she's a pastor of one of the churches, and she said, "Becky, you know what? Come to our church. We we got uh, we do an anointment, and uh, we'd like to. I think you need to come to that." So, and, and Becky was in a bad spot then, medically and stuff. So she started going to this special service they had, and uh, they had a prayer basket, and Becky. You know, started putting things in the prayer basket. Well, I found out she'd been put in my prayer basket. Job change. Maybe it's time to move on mm. <laughs> out of nowhere wow. without telling me. Wow. And uh, so she puts, you know, uh, you know, change a job. Maybe it's time. You know, I've been in Detroit 23 years. It's been a great run. And I think she's sitting there saying, you know what, Jim, you've, if you've paid your dues, I'd love to see you maybe get an opportunity is it time to be a GM or something? You know, I'm not getting any younger type of thing. So she'd been putting this thing in the prayer basket. So I get the call from Dallas, from Jim Lights that, you know, we'd like to interview and stuff. And my biggest, my first concern was Becky. We've got a great situation in Detroit. The OH family, I'm with Ken Holland, Jim Devilano, Scotty Bowman, great men. And uh, we got a great situation there. The OH family was unbelievable. And uh, so I said, we got a good thing here. I'm worried about you, your health. You know, our children live there, too, and stuff. And we have good doctors. Everything's pretty good. I, I don't have to go. And she said, Jim, I've been putting your name in a prayer basket for the last three, four years. This is the Lord calling. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, boy, wow. <laughs> here we go again. And then another moment. And so, boom, we fast forward. I get the job in Dallas. And that's kind of the perspective or the attitude I've had ever since I've been down here. My wife and I is the Lord sent us down here. And let's make sure that we um, honor his wishes. And so we've tried to do that. It doesn't mean I, have, I haven't failed. You know, I got challenges and stuff too. But, you know, as far as I take that attitude into whatever situation I'm in with the job, you know, there's different situations that arise. And it always comes down to what what's the Lord telling me? What should I be doing? What's the, uh, what's the path we should be taking here? And so that has really helped me in this. You know, once you get to this this level um you make a lot of decisions tough decisions uh, you know people's lives uh their futures and uh that's really helped me kind of walk through a lot of the situations with the business family life everything else uh you know we've got connected with great great church down here great people uh and so like i said it's been a great journey this might be a weird question but do you seek the lord you know, it says pray always, right? Pray continually. The Bible says, I think it's in Second Thessalonians. But when you're making decisions that are in your role as a GM, do you seek the Lord for those too, for the wise counsel to make the right decision? All the time, daily. I, before I come to work, I do my, I, I run through my Bible verses, have my time with the Lord in the morning. And uh, I ask him just to help. To, you know, to guide me, give me knowledge, wisdom to, to make the right choices uh, for the organization. And and we've had, you know, everybody goes through things like we had some tough decisions to make here. And I remember I'm very fortunate. I'm surrounded. I got some great people in my office that uh, uh, walk strong, walk with the Lord very well. And uh, we had some tough decisions a few years ago. He called me and said, Jim, can we pray? I said, I'd love to. This is before we had to make a tough decision. And I just... You know that when we know the Lord's with us, but it's always nice to to talk to him and say, hey, can you really put your hand on me in this moment? And so it's it's, it's really reassuring. 
No, that's good. He is Jim Nill. He's joining us here on Sports Spectrum from the Dallas Stars. You were, you said when you were growing up, you were, you were a hockey kid. If I'm, if I'm identifying Jim Nill when I'm talking to him at 20 years old or 18 years old, or even, you know, before that, it was hockey, 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 I'm guessing for you, right? Yes. I, I love sports, love hockey. It was, it was my passion. It's everything rotated around hockey. And so as you grow up and you start to realize I'm pretty good at this hockey thing, opportunities are coming your way. You get, you know, drafted by St. Louis and a couple of years later in 1980, uh, you're in a pretty cool, very well-known and memorable winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York, not too far from the Adirondack Red Wings, by the way, where you spent a lot of yes, time yes. up there, uh, mm -hmm. in upstate New York. I just wanted to ask you about that experience, about performing in, and being a part of the Canada team, Team Canada, in the 1980 Winter Olympics. And obviously, that's the famous USA miracle for those that didn't put two and two together just yet. Uh, what was that experience like for you in, in the Olympics? Well, an amazing experience. You know, first of all, to have the opportunity to represent, represent your country. You know, Back then, the Olympics were still the amateur kind of Olympics. And, uh, you know, so... I had just uh, come out of junior and I got approached by Hockey Canada that I might have an opportunity to make the team. So I went to the University of Calgary for uh, almost two years. And that was before, that would have been in 78, 79, and the Olympics were coming up in 80, 81. So went to the University of Calgary, played there for two years, you know, worked on some education, which was important too. And, uh, but that was kind of opened up the door to travel for the Olympic team. Ended up making it great to be able to play for your country, amazing. But even a, to do it in Lake Placid, it was, it was an amazing story. And and there's really a story behind even Lake Placid. You know, people see the Olympics nowadays and it's it's Paris and it's Milan, Italy, it's Stockholm, it's all these big cities. Lake Placid was probably one of the few last Olympics. You know, anybody goes to Lake Placid, it's about 2,000 people the size of the town. We uh, <laughs> It's small, yeah. It's small. They always built dorms, right, for the Olympics, for the athletic the village. Our village was a penitentiary. They mm -hmm. built a new penitentiary in Lake Placid, and that was our dorms. And it was great. We're in with all the athletes. But, it, you know, the kind of the story behind it is, for the people that don't know, really that Olympics and the Americans, you know, we played the Americans all the time. We had great rivalry and stuff. They're college kids. We're college kids. The way we went at it. And uh, what that did for hockey in probably the world, North America, in the U.S. for sure, I'd probably not down here in Dallas if they don't win. You know, you look back on it, 1980, that's the Cold War going on. Uh, it's Russia, U.S. There's a lot of politics going on. Hockey's not big in the U.S., at least down south it's not big. Uh, I remember U.S., the U.S. team played Russia in Madison Square Garden just before the Olympics. They got spanked, I think it was about 11-1 or something like that. They got spanked and we're sitting back there saying, oh, my gosh, we'll never – how do we all compete against this? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. boom, we play the Russians. We lose 4-3. It was a great game. And it could have gone either way. Uh, and then the U.S. played them right after and ended up winning that game and then, boom, moved on and won the Olympics. But when you look back on the history of today's NHL, what that did – the Cold War is going on. There's a real hate U.S.-Russia. You know, that's in politics and all this. These – what these – you know, the U.S. team, these college can, kids winning, what that did, that really galvanized the U.S. at that time. People, everybody was watching those games. Are they going to win the Olympics? All of a sudden, you got people probably in Dallas, L.A., anywhere down south. Everybody's watching it. 
that really opened the door to where hockey's gone nowadays. You look at it. That really got people interested in stuff. And it probably changed the landscape of hockey in the U.S. Like a good chance I'm not down here in Dallas. We didn't win it. They did. Good for them. I'm good friends with actually a lot of them. And, uh, but because of what they did, that really changed the landscape of hockey because the whole U.S. was watching it. It, it was a big rally point for, 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 United States of America. Were you able to watch that game and, and, and even find yourself cheering for the U.S.? Yeah, I did. No, I did. I was just, we were actually, as soon as we lost to, uh, we lost to the Czechs. That was, we were playing for fourth and fifth place. And uh, Czechs or the Finns? I think it was the Czechs. And then right after you lose, they get you out of there. So I was actually on my way back, getting heading back home, but but watched the game. It was on uh, on TV and stuff. And yeah, but it was a great experience. Play for your country is an amazing thing. You can't beat it. Hmm. And uh, and like I said, it was really the last of the smaller Olympic. You know, when you look at it, so it's so it's going to kind of a funny side story. So you're probably gonna, you're talking about Adirondack Red Wings. So I ended up living in Glens Falls for eight years, um, coached there for a couple, and then I ran. I was assistant general manager, general manager of the Adirondack Red Wings, which was Detroit's farm team. We're so we're living there. We're unpacking a bunch of things from years past you know all our moves and stuff and open up this one package and it's a it's a package that uh, a little girl had given to, every athlete in the Olympic village got a package from somebody in the Adirondacks I got it from a girl in um, uh, Glens Falls New York so I opened it up wow. and I said oh my goodness got a picture in it and everything else got the name and address I'm living now in Glens Falls I open up this little package boom I find out who the, it's a pretty small town, Glens Falls, find out who the lady still living in Glens Falls, give her a call and send it back to her and said, here's, here's the package you gave me way back in the Olympics, 1980. And this is, this would have been back in 1998 or something like that. So almost 20 years later. So kind of funny how different connections in the world, how they all work in that. So, so it was good. Yeah. Now as a man of God, you can look back and see the Lord kind of orchestrating your journey, which is really interesting because you weren't a believer, as you said, when you were playing and you, when you were in the NHL and even when you were beginning this, you know, front office role, uh, as a, as a, a guy in the hockey world. And yet now you can really look back and see all the perfect tapestry that the Lord was weaving together, this puzzle that he put together for your life, right? No, you do. And that's, that's why I mentioned, I always mentioned the Lord is very patient. He, 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 uh, like some he could have gave up on him. We know he never does, but he was very patient and he was, he persevered. He didn't give up. He, he kept, he kept, kept at me. He didn't, he didn't let me slip away. And uh, that's the, that's probably my best message is that the Lord, no matter what situation you're in, he, he's there for you. And he's, he's not going to let you slip away. Last year in 2022, 2023, uh, the general manager of the year in the NHL was you. How cool was that, that experience and certainly gratitude of, seeing, you know, you want to always do your best. I tell people this all the time too, when they ask me about being a believer in the workplace, you want to give your best because that honors God when you're doing the best job that you can, but there's got to be some gratitude in the fact that you were recognized the way that you were. Yeah. Like you said, you're always, you, you want to be the best. The Lord gave us skills, gives us the wisdom and knowledge and gives us the capability to do things. So you always want to glorify him. And uh, the, the biggest message for that, yes, it's an honor, but it really, it's, it's a good message of the people you're surrounded with. And I got great people around me, you know, from my family and then to the people I work with. It really, 
that's one of the biggest things I, I learned as I moved into management stuff is it's the biggest thing is surround yourself with good people. People have the right values, uh, do the right things. And if you do that, you're going to get rewarded because of that. And I've really been rewarded because of that. Uh, I've got great people around me. That's a lot. That's lovely to hear. Yeah. I love that. Um, how do you stay, you talked about a Bible study changing your life, you know, th- during those early years of becoming a Christian, What's that look like today? Are you still part of Bible studies? Do you have disciplines in your life, routines? What's that look like? Yeah, we were uh, we were in a Bible study here in Dallas, going to one right away for a long time. And then COVID hit, so we kind of got out of that. And then with my, we had to really be careful and stuff uh, around too much groups of people. But uh, we're connected. We keep in touch with all these people, and we're, we're actually it's funny what we're talking about now. We need to get back into this. Now that things have opened up and uh, my wife's doing well health wise, that uh, now my we're I can't we're not in Bible study right now, but we're very we're connected to a lot of people. It's amazing how God just keeps bringing people into our lives. It's uh, there's something going on all the time in our lives, but it's we we love it. We'll we'll sit there and we'll sit down having supper and we'll tell each other stories and we're like, yep, here we are again. And uh, like I said, we we love people and we just love to any way we can get them to the Lord and to glorify him. It's, it's, it's so important. Mm, I love hearing that. Um, what's the the great lesson? And this will be my last question for you. What's the great lesson? Uh, and you may have answered this when you said the Lord is patient and I love that and, and kind, obviously, but what is maybe what is God teaching you right now? Like in the stage of life that you're in, Jim, what's he, what's he showing you right now and teaching you? You know, something I always share with people is, you know, it's easy for me to sit back down and say, boy, I wish I would have caught on, you know, by 20, why didn't this happen at 20? But it's it's no different than when you're in business. You know, everybody talks about experience. You have to gain experience. You have to gain experience. Well, you do. Like in my job now as a general manager, um, the way I look at things now is completely different when I 10, 15, 20 years ago when I was in this part of the business. I, I've, I've got a patience. Things are going to be okay. I've got a calmness now. It's going to be okay. Like it will be all right. And really, that's the same way with the Lord's journey in your life. Yeah, I would have loved, got to know the Lord when I was 20, but you've got to go through this journey. You, you can't, he's, he's just not going to show up and life's going to be good. <laughs> We're going to go through highs and lows. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be, there's going to be sickness. There's going to be, there's going to be death. There's going to be things happen in your life. And that's part of the experience of getting to know the Lord. And, and you have to go through that. You know, when you, I, I look at the, you know, when you, as you finally getting to know the Bible and, and as I read scripture and you, you read books and watch movies and stuff and to look at the Lord's journey, like talk about a journey. Like everybody thinks, you know, the Lord, he's the Lord. <laughs> it, it should be a breeze for him. Look at what he went through. Look at the, I marvel at what the disciples went through who the disciples were and what they went through. Like it's tough times. There's tough times. There's good times, but you got to go through those times to really appreciate uh, the Lord and appreciate the things around you. So that's probably my biggest message is, you know what, no matter what I always talk about, when I talk to people, you're, you're, you're in a couple different areas all the time. You're either life's really good, but I hate to tell you somewhere along the way, it's going to dip a little bit. But you're going to be okay because when it's been, when you're in that valley, you are going to you're going to climb back out, and and that's the life cycle. It's going to be that way. And so make sure when you when things are good, 
understand that and make sure you're helping either other people or helping other situations. And when life's bad, it's okay. You're going to get out of it. Stick with it. And the Lord's there with you. And so as you come out, drag some other people with you. And, and it's a great journey. Well, it's what you told me about your wife. You said even when she was sick and, and, and struggling, she was all about others. And I think that's a great representation of Christ, like that you just said, hey, when you're in the valley, like get some other people to come with you and, you know, make yeah. it about others and don't don't make it about ourselves. That's scriptural. That's that's biblical. And that's, I think, a great way to live, um, Jim. Hey, this was fantastic. Thanks for being here on the show. Uh, continue best wishes to you and continued success. And hopefully we'll we'll talk again very soon. Jason, thanks for having me on and uh, continue your journey too. I appreciate everything you're doing and uh, stay strong. Be bold. Away we go. And many thanks to Jim Nill for joining us today on Sports Spectrum from the Dallas Stars. How about his story? Huh? That's awesome. I, I tell people sometimes when I came to faith in Jesus, I was 27 years old, that that's a little bit late in life because I didn't grow up in a Christian home or really grow up having any desire to learn who Jesus was or growing in faith. And Jim, it wasn't until his 40s that that took place. And yet God has been kind and patient in the life of Jim Nill. And uh, how about his wife? I've not met his wife or ever talked to her, but that is one powerful praying woman who was able to help Jim along in his journey. And now she's a fighter as well. So let's be praying for Jim and certainly let's be praying for his wife and his family uh, as they continue to follow God, and uh, certainly with Jim's role as a general manager in the NHL, uh, that is a very influential position, and it can be tough sometimes to be a believer in spaces like that, and Jim is doing his best to live out his faith in the NHL, and so we're thankful to Jim for being our guest today on Sports Spectrum. We thank you as well, as always, for tuning in, supporting this show. Please tell someone about Sports Spectrum. Let them know. Maybe you post it on your social media pages and let someone know about our podcast or about our website or our magazine. It just helps get the word out. And we continue to uh, stay faithful to who God is, stay faithful to the scriptures, stay faithful to Christ and pointing people to him. We don't want to compromise our values or our beliefs for anything that we do here at Sports Spectrum. And ultimately, we just want to see Jesus glorified, and we use sports as a way to do that. Again, our website, sportspectrum.com. You can subscribe to our magazine. You can get a ton of free content. Our Sports Spectrum weekly uh, email comes out. It's our newsletter. That is a great way to just stay in touch with Sports Spectrum. Certainly subscribing and uh, clicking that follow button on whatever app you're listening to this podcast on helps as well to stay in tune to all that's been going on here at the Ministry of Sports Spectrum. We love you guys. We hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you soon here on the show.